are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz and 1037thebuzz.com. It's game week still. We're just a few days away from Razorback football starting up against Rice. And uh, it's so much fun to do this podcast, a lot more uh, fun to actually, you know, talk about a game upcoming and all that fun stuff. But still, uh, you know, it's also kind of the time for predictions when a lot of people start giving out their predictions on what teams are going to do, what quarterbacks are going to do, what offenses are going to do just around the SEC. And it's sometimes interesting, sometimes controversial. And we're going to have a special guest on today because Brad Crawford of 247 Sports has KJ Jefferson as his number 14 starting quarterback in the SEC. And for those of you keeping score at home, that's dead last. Uh, a little surprising, needless to say. Uh, I would not ever venture into, you know, saying that KJ Jefferson's the worst quarterback in the SEC as far as starters go. I think that's a bit much. I think that uh, is a lowered of the expectation. But still, that's what Brad Crawford wrote, and that's uh, something he believes. And I'll just offer my two cents on it. KJ Jefferson, to me, is I, I can't comfortably put him in the top seven. Like, he's not in the top half of quarterbacks just yet. He can be, but if I had to put him in the range, it would probably be somewhere between 8 and 10 as of right now. And and the thing is, is again, I believe he will end up being better than that. But right now it's really hard because there's a lot of quarterbacks in the SEC that have a lot more experience. You know what you're getting out of them. But with KJ, last year, even though that Missouri game was really good, he still completed less than 50% of his passes. Like There's still reason to believe that uh, there's concern, and that's not a bad thing. That's okay. But I still don't think he's the worst quarterback in the SEC. I think that the the you know, Vanderbilt's quarterback situation, I think you got South Carolina where they're starting a grad graduate assistant as their starting quarterback. So obviously he can't be too good there. But still, everyone's got their opinion. I disagree. But uh, a lot of Razorback fans disagreed as well. So, but we're going to talk with Brad Crawford of 247 Sports right now as we go to the phone lines and welcome him in. Brad, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? Hey, no problem, guys. I've got my Kevlar on, so I'm, I'm ready for anything. <laughs> well, it was funny because it's, you know, I there a lot of these articles and a lot of this stuff gets written about predictions, and some people will get upset sure. and all of that. But uh, when you were putting this list together, just to kind of clarify and make sure that uh, everyone's understanding where you were coming from, uh, you know, what made you want to compile this list, and why did you rank it the way you did, and specifically why did you have K.J. Jefferson at number 14? You know, it's funny, guys. I, I really thought the vocal majority would have maybe taken issue with Bryce Young at number three or perhaps, you know, JT Daniels at one ahead of Matt Corral. But instead, it's the Woo Pig crew, man, with a lot of concerns about Jefferson in, in that last spot. I think, fellas, if you look at the SEC's crop of quarterbacks this season, I think there's maybe three or four guys who sort of jump off the page. And, and then it's really a mixed bag the rest of the way, you know, with first-year starters, largely unproven players, and guys maybe that are mired in, in inconsistency at times. Um, I will say this about K.J. Jefferson. Kendall Bryles beats an accurate passer for this thing to really work in Fayetteville. And I think Jefferson has a career a completion percentage, you know, right at 48 49%, albeit not many appearances. But, you know, he's, he's sort of in that show-me mode this season, I think. I think getting it out to some of those potential stars on the outside, like, like Traylon Burks, really has to happen. And, and really just based on what Sam Pittman and, and Kendall Bryles have said on the record during camp, it just seems like Jefferson maybe is a better in-game quarterback 
can he as a practice player, and that's really all that matters. Based on what you said there, Brad, those are some of the things that it sounds like K.J. needs to work on, but looking at K.J. and seeing him against Missouri and some of the limited action, what is there that you like about K.J.? I think his size, man. I I mean, he's a a big-bodied guy, about 240, 250, and and that's something that we really could not see in in spring and fall camp because Arkansas obviously wants to keep QB1 healthy. Um, Obviously, they're going to try to unleash him a bit during that first month of the season. And, and really the, the good news for K.J. is we're going to know early, right, if, if he's the right guy for this system and, and Sam Pittman. You know, you've got Texas at home in week two, huge game on Arkansas' schedule, Texas A&M in Arlington to end September. And then after that, it's a road trip to Georgia. So, I mean, K.J. is going to obviously have his welcome to the SEC moment during that first month of the season. He's, he's been in big games before, but – I just really think that that first half for Arkansas, those first five or six games, is really going to dictate um, how K.J. Jefferson performs in terms of confidence level. We'll continue our discussion with Brad Crawford here in just a segment. First, it's that time of year again, folks. All eyes are turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's largest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at Bet Online. If you head to the website and use your mobile device today to sign up, you get a 100% welcome bonus using promo code Locked On. That's right, promo code Locked On. They also have the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and that's at Bet Online. From football to basketball to boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season at BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, and I and I think that there's some some truth to that, but I also believe that you know with what we've seen just in that limitations of what we have of KJ Jefferson and heading into this year, you mentioned the Kendall Browles offense, which I agree with the accuracy is kind of the biggest thing and the biggest factor yeah. for one of his quarterbacks as well. But since you have him at 14, though. Is there a ceiling for him? Because I know when we were tweeting back and forth, you said that the final seven quarterbacks on your list could kind of be interchangeable at any point. But do you think that the K.J. Jefferson ceiling this year is really high for what he could do, assuming that he fits into the Kendall Bryles offense pretty effectively? I think if Arkansas starts the season, man, three or one or, or possibly four or one, I mean, K.J.'s a guy who could get to that number six or, or number five level in the SEC. You know, you, you look at last season, Browse's first year as Arkansas's play caller. And Felipe Franks had, I think it was 17 touchdowns, four picks. And really was never mentioned among the SEC's best quarterbacks despite pretty solid numbers there from a Browse offense. So I actually have Arkansas finishing 6-6 six and six this season. I know that that may not fit the Jefferson and number 14 narrative, but you know I, I think he's a guy right now who maybe could be ranked in that 11 or 12 range. Like, like I mentioned, too, in the intro of my, of my long-form article, um, SEC quarterbacks from about the 7 to 14 range are really interchangeable. Um, we, we've got a, a lot of guys in this conference who just aren't proven yet. I, I think KJ obviously needs some more in-game reps too to show me more of what he has. But like I said, you know that that second tier of the SEC has a lot of signal callers this season. Who you know the the jury's going to be out in September whether or not those guys are good. As far as ranking quarterbacks, is this something you do prior to the season? and then come back and do it after the season, or do you rank them every week during the season? 
Yeah, my, my plan for this fall, this is something I've done probably six or seven years now in as a as a college football media type. Um, what I'm going to do now, though, instead of ranking quarterbacks after every start, you know, to, you know, if, if K.J. plays against Alabama, for instance, and Vandy plays Kentucky, obviously the, those numbers are going to be different. So, so what I'm going to do is at the end of every month, I'm going to re-rank the SEC's 14 starters. And so the, the next story comes out at the end of September. And I really think if Arkansas is a team, you know, that – can can get the bowl eligibility like like I think the Hawks can. Um, KJ's a guy who's certainly going to bring himself up from that number fourteen spot. Now, Brad, we're speaking with Brad Cofford of Two Four Seven Sports here on Out of Bounds. Brad, I'm I'm curious to see because you have Ken Seals of Vanderbilt at thirteen, right above KJ. Uh, you have Luke Doty of South Carolina uh, right above that. Which you know is funny because the quarterback situation with. Uh, but South Carolina is interesting where they're, apparently they're going to be starting graduate assistant coach Zeb Nolan, the guy that they brought Brutal, in. Brutal, so, right? Yeah, like, like great bad timing there. Will Rogers, Mississippi State. I'm just curious, especially for those three quarterbacks after the fact, what do you see? What did you see in those three guys, uh, 11, 12, and 13, that may have given, you the, given them the nod over KJ? Is it just the body of work? Is it just simply the accuracy? What is it about those guys that you like to put them above KJ? Yeah, so so the the deal with with Luke Doty at South Carolina, obviously the Gamecocks have a new first year offensive coordinator in, in Marcus Satterfield. Um, on the record, at least Satterfield has had some really positive things to say from Luke, who was a you know starter the second half of the season last year as a true freshman, and you know he was on a two and eight team, so there there wasn't a ton around him. Um, you know he didn't have a trailing Burks to throw to, I, I would say. And then Luke's a guy who before the first uh, fall scrimmage this year in in Columbia hurt his foot and, and really has not repped since. So that that's why you've got that grad assistant starting uh, Saturday night against Eastern Illinois. And then, you know, some of the other guys that, that KJ's behind, Will Rogers and Mississippi State. Look, Mississippi State led the SEC in sacks allowed last season, 34. And when, when Will was playing in spots, uh, he, he, he had next to no time. And even in the air raid offense, when you had to, you know, snap the football, take the hike, and, and get it out within two or three seconds, I and mean, he he was still getting clobbered. So I, I I'm sort of you know you know glass glass half full approach to to Will Rogers. I think Mike Leach's um, air raid is going to look a lot different um, and be a lot more productive in in year two. But um, I don't I don't have much of an explanation for uh, Ken Seals at Vandy over KJ besides the experience factor. I mean Vanderbilt didn't win a game last year, but Ken Seals still had semi decent numbers, twelve touchdown passes, and he's. He's really been the best player in, in fall camp so far for first-year coach Clark Lee. Let's take a look at the top of your rankings. You have JT Daniels, number one, Matt Corral, two. Matt Corral was picked by the SEC to be first-team quarterback. So what do you like about Matt uh, JT Daniels over Matt Corral? Yeah, so JT Daniels is the guy that I'm picking to not only win SEC Player of the Year, but potentially be a Heisman finalist and, and Heisman winner. I think Saturday night's game against Clemson is obviously huge for both quarterbacks involved, JT Daniels and DJ Uyunglele for the Tigers. Uh, you know, both those guys are going to be first-round picks down the road, in my opinion. You know, I've, I've got Daniels ahead of Matt Corral because while, while Matt Corral has the best arm in the SEC and, and can really spin it at times, you know, he still had, what, five or six picks last season against Arkansas. I think he had another four or five against LSU, and, and that was most of his turnover. So he's he's still prone to giveaways. Uh, Corral said in, in Hoover at SEC Media Days that Arkansas's defensive game plan last season, really from the 
uh, first series on for Ole Miss. He didn't he didn't know where to go with the football. So that's a that's a credit to Barry Odom and, and just a you know scheme he had there. But Matt Corral's a great quarterback. He's going to put up silly numbers because the Ole Miss defense is still going to be bad. So I think the SEC right now though has three really good quarterbacks, and it's you know starting with Daniels and and going through Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. We'll continue our discussion with Brad Crawford of 247 Sports here in just a segment. But first, this episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. With all the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's impossible for you to fill your local chain auto parts store with all the parts you need. That's why you save time and money when using rockauto.com. It's a family-owned business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every customer. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution for your auto parts needs. If you go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Speaking of your top uh, quarterbacks, we mentioned Daniels at one, Corral at two, Bryce Young at three. You also have Max Johnson of LSU at four, and then Emory Jones of Florida at five. Out of those five quarterbacks, who would you say you would probably have the best chance of being dropping from your top five to the bottom five in the SEC? Like, which one of those quarterbacks could you see, or at least that you think they're going to be great? but has the best chance of maybe dropping into that lower-tier part of the SEC when it's all said and done? That's a tough one because I, I, I think the SEC is, is pretty solid in those top five quarterbacks right now. Um, Emory Jones obviously a guy that I have faith in because Dan Mullen is a quarterback whisperer of sorts. I think Haynes King, the um, A&M first-year starter at, at number six, you know, that was, I had a real tough time uh, you know, where to – where to put him based on insiders that I've spoken to who have, you know, watched A&M practice and have spoken to some of those assistant coaches on offense. They, they really think Haynes King is going to be a guy who opens things up a bit. And, you know, at, at times the last three seasons, let's face it, Kellen Mond has sort of limited that A&M offense, at least what they were trying to do downfield. So um, Haynes King's a guy who, who has a great arm, but look, he's, he's a guy who hasn't played either. So um, I'm, I'm sort of, I guess pleading the fifth on him and, you know, expecting a good season for a leader of an offense on a top-10 team. How much did you factor in talent around these quarterbacks as far as ranking them? I think that's certainly part of it. Um, K.J. has one really good weapon, Traylon Burks. If, you know, he's a guy who is going to just be a great NFL combine player. He's, he's probably a first-round pick when he – does decide to come out really really big guy great hands um obviously has to be Arkansas's number one target and and KJ has to get him to football for that offense to 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 be effective but you know going down the list at, at those bottom tier guys you look at Joe Milton at Tennessee he's a guy that I, I haven't mentioned yet but I think he was really just not a scheme fit quarterback for what you know Jim Harbaugh and in Michigan was trying to do Joe Milton's a guy who I think is going to put up pretty good numbers this season in Josh Heupel's first season I don't know if it's going to translate to wins because, you know, around him besides Jalen Hiley, Tennessee doesn't doesn't have a ton of, you know, top-tier targets. But Joe Milton's a guy who right now I think the uh, buy price is pretty cheap on him, and um, I would certainly invest in a Tennessee's passing game being a factor this season. I also find it pretty fascinating, too, if you see about just not only in the SEC but in college football in general, the amount of transfers that are happening and, uh, oh, yeah. especially in the transfer quarterback situation because you mentioned uh, 
you know, uh, a guy like uh, Joe Milton, uh, you know, who uh, who has entered into the transfer portal back in February, and you got some other guys here as well. It, it's just amazing how now in college football. It's like you'll have a new quarterback, but at the same time, they won't be technically that new because they will have experience somewhere, but they either got beat out or a coach left or whatnot. So it's almost like the revolving door of quarterbacks are just going to continue year in and year out due to the transfer portal as well. I mean, look how crazy it's been, John, for, for Kirby Smart in, in Athens. You know, he, he started Jake Fromm, which a lot of us still would have started Jake Fromm over Justin Fields, but it's um, and in hindsight, no, we know seeing Justin Fields go to Ohio State, and and then seeing Georgia, you know, take JT Daniels, took took Jamie Newman too, who never even took a snap at Georgia. That was a that was a strange thing last off season. And you know, here we are. JT Daniels was quarterback three on that roster at this time last year, and and now he's a Heisman candidate as you know his his unheralded starter there between the hedges. So uh, I think the transfer portal, as far as quarterbacks go very interesting I, I think Ohio State here in about a year maybe maybe next spring may have a very interesting predicament with Quinn Ewers the top player in next year's class after reclassifying you know he's a freshman there now and pretty much he's quarterback three behind Kyle McCord and uh, CJ Stroud who's who's starting Thursday night so there's gonna be some really good quarterbacks in that portal uh this season I, I think there will be probably the most experienced quarterback Bo Nix you have him ranked seventh what are your thoughts on Bo Nix? Yeah, you know, I I considered ranking Bo Nix a lot lower than that, maybe maybe in the eleven or twelve range. Um, despite his career numbers, he, he's he's just been wildly inconsistent. I mean, you know, maybe it's not all his fault having so many uh, play callers and you know trying to learn different different schemes at the last couple seasons. But I mean, he's got to be a star this season for for Auburn to make a uh, bowl game. I think in my uh, preseason record prediction, like I said, I had Arkansas six and six. I might have had Auburn at five and seven. I don't think it's going to go well for Brian Harson this year. You know, the the Tigers would not have picked up LSU transfer TJ Finley if they had all their eggs in Nix's basket. So, uh, Bo's going to be the starter this weekend and and probably through the first couple weeks. But I'm telling you guys, the, the leash is short on Bo Nix on the plains with you know a a guy as talented as Finley behind him. You know, and it's funny you bring that up because Bo Nix might be one of the most interesting quarterback situations I've seen in the SEC in a while because he is the starter. He was brought to SEC media days, but no one really thinks he's that good. But yet he has the shortest leash of any quarterback on Auburn. But yet he's got more experience than anybody. It just seems like it's like he's the greatest bad quarterback that we've seen, especially at a place like Auburn where, uh, you know, he's he's been promoted and been looked at and been known and everyone knows his name. But at the same time, no one would be surprised if he ends up losing his job this year either. He's a former five-star, too. And I think yeah. the, the the biggest issue with, with Bo Nix, at least in the, in the games and, and film that I've watched, is you know after that first read is covered, Bo's ready to run, which sometimes can benefit the Auburn offense, and other times it, it really gets them behind the sticks. But you know the, the good news for Bo Nix is I think Auburn opens up against Akron and then plays Alabama State. So we're, we're talking about probably – you know, eight touchdown passes, no picks the first two weeks. And then he gets a wake-up call at Penn State, you know, at, at night in, in probably a wideout in, in, in Happy Valley. So that, that week three game, I think, is going to really determine um, not, not Bo Nix's legacy, but, um, you know, how he fares in September for the Tigers. 
Well, before we let you get out of here, Brad, I got to ask you, is this your first interaction with Angry Razorback Twitter? Because uh, they're a new animal, man. They they come after you if you don't uh, if you don't stay in line really the way do, they do. Man. Uh, Florida State Twitter is pretty rough. I'm telling you, after after writing some negative Florida State stuff over the years, they 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 follow me home. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to watching the Hogs play this year, man. I think I think KJ can can be a good quarterback. Um, maybe maybe a better than average quarterback too in in that Bryle system. Just just has to get that completion percentage up, and you know has to sometimes force the ball to Traylon Burks because if if he's not the best wide receiver in the SEC, I don't know who is. Well, Brad, man, we appreciate you coming on with us regardless. Uh, like I said, uh, it was an interesting list for sure, and I know Razorback fans are hopeful that you're wrong as far as uh, where the rankings end up being as the end of the season. But uh, we appreciate it either way, man. Enjoy football season. I know we'll be catching up with you, all right? Hey, thanks, fellas. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We will see you then. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 